following program may contain coarse language, suggestive dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. The food war has come to an end for now on this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have... Paul Biscrow, the founder of ToonamiFaithful.com. And... Paul Burr, your wonderful data monkey. And... Editorial writer for ToonamiFaithful.com. Happy Crow Kitty, just Crow for short. Lots of returning people on this episode. I don't know who you're talking about. Of you would yeah, I bet you don't. Gosh, Paul, how long has it been? A long, long time, I think. Oh, way too long. I think one early Fena cast. That was the last time I think you were on a, a recording. No, he wasn't on a Fena cast. I oh, was then, not. See, not that. Then, then not even that. I'm mm-hmm. hallucinating. <laughs> it, was, it was like, oh, gosh, more than a month ago. <laughs> and I think it was only for part of a podcast. Yeah, Sketch didn't like me, so he kept me off. That's right. I remember you. You had to. You had to leave early. I do recall. Yeah. Yeah. There's this little kid that you know is just part of my life that decides to you know every once in a while go. Hey, by the way, come feed me, bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Children. Children. They're the worst. (laughs) No, we don't really really. mean that, guys. We don't really mean that. We're being funny. (laughs) Mm Hmm. Don't worry, I have, I'll put, I'll I put. have two nieces and a nephew, and that's plenty for me. <laughs> I'm also sort of uncle to my best friend's kids, so there's that too. <laughs> got a, got a, got enough kids in my life. Thanks. <laughs> I don't need to bring more into the world. <laughs> and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. So uh, earlier today of this recording, we finally got uh, another schedule update from a uh, little old Toonami. So we're going to detail that for you. But first, if you didn't remember this upcoming Saturday, and I'm really going to try to get this podcast out before then, <laughs> they are going to be airing a new episode of uh, Blade Runner Black Lotus at midnight, followed by the Animatrix, the uh, anime anthology Featuring The Matrix. If you've never seen it, it's very cool. Lots of great directors on it. Well worth watching if you haven't seen it. And then after that, they play the Rick and Morty shorts, starting with the Samurai Shogun. Uh, They recently released the second Samurai Shogun short. Uh, So that might be new to you. It's, It's been out for a little while, though. And then some of the other ones. And then... Because it's a night of tsunami, they gotta end with Dragon Ball Super, right? So that's <laughs> that's that lineup. Uh, and this time, they they can't they can't screw with us. This time, those Rick and Morty shorts are actually in tsunami, so there's gotta be bumps for those. We're we're not gonna miss out on Rick and Morty bumps this time. Maybe who knows? 
Well, I mean, I say that when they promoted that Blade Runner movie night as Toonami and didn't really have Toonami bumpers. <laughs> Other than three. <laughs> Basically the up next bumpers. That's <sighs> it. What you gonna do? Uh, uh, speaking of that movie, maybe they should have saved it for later. Because, <laughs> well, um, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not a very exciting couple of weeks coming up. Dead horse stick. <laughs> Well, you know, we, if you if you did if you didn't think one marathon of Black Lotus was enough in December, good news, there's two. Actually, there's three because they did one on Friday. Actually, there's four because they had that little mini one after the movie. I'm you know, semantics. Yeah, but there are there are <laughs> there is another Blade Runner Black Lotus marathon scheduled Jesus. for good old Christmas night, and then we get Bebop right after that. Which, okay, sure. I'll take that. January 1st, the lineup will be a new episode of Blade Runner Black Lotus. The episode of Yashihime that they mistakenly did not air this past Saturday. And then six episodes of Cowboy Bebop, which are probably the first six. I'm not surprised that they're not starting anything new on the New Year's Day itself. That's totally understandable. I I think they're being smart. Let's face it. You know, audience numbers are always lower in a crazy holiday like Christmas and New Year's. Um, They're using low-hanging fruit like marathons and uh, Cowboy Bebop, which, you know, considering how much hype there was over the live-action series on Netflix, you know, that's a word for it. Yeah, they're kind of they're kind of like rolling off of that, and you know, it's it's a classic. People always love it, and then um, I, I think that it's. Also, you know, from a business perspective, you probably need to have some buffers in order to get uh, the the timing for new titles. I'm sure they have stuff planned for 2022 that they want to roll out for us. And so they got to bide their time in between and they don't want to like double up on new material like Black Lotus when it's, you know, a holiday and people aren't watching. So I I I feel like this is expected. I'm not really bothered by it. You know, may or may not watch um, the movie stuff. Certainly would be cool. I, I think that we've been asking for movies consistently for the past few years. We said we'll watch them. They're giving us movies now, so we should watch them. Give them a chance. If anything, it's a chance to bond with your fellow Toonami faithful over Twitter and enjoy commenting on something. You know, so take it as an opportunity for that. I agree. I've been watching mm-hmm. the movies. I've been enjoying the movies quite yeah, quite a lot. So have I. And I intend to watch the Animatrix, even though I could watch it any time. <laughs> it's not. It's not out of reach. I didn't stick around for twenty forty nine. I saw Blackout, but I didn't stick around for twenty forty nine. Uh, it's too bad. It's a good movie. Mm. You should watch it, it if you if you've never seen it. A lot of people say it's boring, but I don't know. I I felt pretty engaged the entire time. I, I think it's just lack of interest on my part for Blade Runner. Fair enough. It's not for everyone. <laughs> Though as often as they are playing Black Lotus, you'd think that they believed it was. <laughs> yeah, they are. Uh, they're pushing it quite heavily. I wish Look, Fena would have gotten that much. Uh, yeah, give Fena a second marathon. Okay. <laughs> Before Fena you got a Black lot Lotus of online. I saw a ton of online stuff for Fena. 
lots and lots of online and like media stuff. Hey, Fena made Kotaku's list of the 11 best anime of the year. Yeah. It's in good company with shows like Odd Taxi. I saw Odd Taxi. That was an amazing show. It's a fantastic show. I can't wait for that dub. It's Mm. coming in January. I'm super hyped. People should definitely check that out. Uh, Yeah. So, look, I have no problem with them running a rerun marathon on Christmas Day. That is absolutely sensible. My only thought is, did did it really have to be Blade Runner Black Lotus? Again, uh, I was I, I would legitimately prefer Dragon Ball Super. And you know how much I don't like that show. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I would have preferred anything else. I, I was like, dude, you have had shows that you've aired like once or twice. And like, I would have been happy for like a fully cooling marathon at that point. It's free. Oh, absolutely. It's free. They don't got to worry about it. I get they're trying to promote Blade Runner Black Lotus, but. Again, it's like, well, if you knew you were doing this, why even have done the Black Friday thing? You could have aired Blade Runner 2049 on Christmas and yeah. done that. Or you had Fully Cooley. I think they have all three, right? They at least have the two that they co-produced. But they might have all three. I, I mean, I, I was in there, like, because when I was talking about it on Twitter I, today, I was just like, well, why not have just done, like, let Toonami have the whole Christmas night and run all of Fooly Gooly. It go, would have taken a long-ass time, but why not? Go old-school Adult Swim action and do two Cowboy Bebop marathons. I don't care. <laughs> Just something other than another marathon of Black Lotus. This is not endearing me to the show, I assure you. It's That's... fine. It's a fine show. I watch all the new episodes, but they are not getting me to watch reruns. I, I, I never watch reruns. not happening. Not happening. I I'm, might watch. I'm, I definitely watch some of these episodes more than once for the purpose of talking about them. But I do. I digress. It's. Uh, I just when I this, think it when was this the schedule came out, I just I just had to laugh. I had nothing left in me but laughter at this point. It's. It's whatever. I just hope that they come out swinging on uh, January eighth hopefully, with some uh, interesting additions. So to that, uh, DeMarco did reply to somebody on Twitter. He said that uh, they have some new stuff planned for a while, Mm -hmm. so hopefully it works out. But what happened in the last few months is pretty unprecedented, so they may have to try some new things going forward. They do not want a repeat of the last few months. Well, thank goodness, I don't think anybody does. (laughs) Not to mention Sony's freezing them out of Demon Slayer Season 2, which sucks. Yeah, I'm trying not to read too much into that comment. But oh, I, I know, but it's... It, it, Shared just... with this comment, this whole thing about it being an unprecedented situation. Oh. Oh, dear. Well, hopefully Sentai picks up the dang phone. <laughs> Please. Because... <laughs> As you know, they don't always do that. We have <laughs> no matter how much they say they want their shows on Toonami. Because we have at least, what, three announcements for new shows at this point? Uh, let's let's lowball here and say two. Okay. Because <laughs> that Cowboy Bebop that is uh, apparently probably coming back to the regular lineup, that, that could, you know, yeah. slide in and... They, they might be down to four premieres, at least temporarily. We got Attack on Titan coming at some point early next year, probably 
tail end of January, early February. So about. if they're temporarily down to four premieres, not that big a deal. But yeah, enough shows back in the lot that are free to air. I mean, they could air them. <laughs> but it's interesting that they restarted Dr. Stone this past Saturday. Like they restarted the second season. That could just be a one off and then Cowboy Bebop takes that slot or I would say that because they, they, they might just run it again. I don't know. If they run it again, I'd be surprised they had the licensing for that long. Uh, they should manage to, uh, if, if it's a year-long license, they yeah, should be able to pull off airing it, because it was short. You know, it was true. only 11 episodes. True. I, I keep thinking licensing rights for, are for, like, total airing of the season, not so much for one day for some reason. I don't know why I, I think that. I sure wish they could have gone back to season one, but <laughs> what you gonna do? <laughs> I, it doesn't work that way. Is that Paul? <laughs> I was gonna say I I, I just I, I think there's a lot going on to why you know things are in a lot of flux because obviously they were trying to do more. Um, mm-hmm. I mean Jason's comment on Twitter kind of made me go, okay, what's going on with Demon Slayer? Like, no. are are you like? are we going to play it or is Sony just being stupid? Because if they're being stupid about that, then are they going to be stupid about attack on Titan? Are they going to be stupid about insert show? It's like, I don't think they can be stupid about attack on Titan. Well, <laughs> I they mean, they can be stupid about it, but they can't get out of it. <laughs> well, see, that's what I'm saying about like with, with demon slayer is it's like, you realize that in these contracts, when you sign these contracts and, Albeit, Aniplex was the one that they signed it with because obviously at the time they weren't with Funimation. I don't think. I mean, Demon Slayer first came still out. exists, right? It's but not, you, it's not really you, a matter of changing hands. But you know what I mean, like you know. So uh, you you sign a contract. We we talk about this all the time where they sign. They have a a clause in their contracts usually where it's right to refusal. Um, Usually, but not always. Not always. In the case of JoJo, that's that's a whole different conversation we could get into too. I'm we sure. Sketch money bags than you. Yeah. Um, well, but anyways, the, the fact that Demon Slayer hasn't ended up on Netflix is a sign of possibility. <laughs> well, I, I think I think the reason that Demon Slayer hasn't shown up on Netflix is because Sony and Funimation have that on lockdown, and I. Don't yes. see that happening for a long time. They'll um, let Netflix have it eventually, but they're not getting the first run. Oh no, they won't. And but I, I you know, I, I think a lot of things behind the scenes are being held up, and that's why we're seeing some of these weird things happening. Jason's tweet is just an example of what I've been thinking all along: is that these companies are being stupid, and you know they need to understand that you signed a contract. You honor the contract. Don't try to do another JoJo. <laughs> and, and let's I, not let's not forget. Don't underestimate the you know all the all, all of the problems from COVID in the past year. That that's still stuff that is reverberating across all industry. So I would imagine that's still having an effect on on how things are turning out, kind of funky so far. So I, I think a little patience. Uh, would go a long way, you know, and I, I'm I'm sure 
I'm sure they're working hard behind the scenes to, to stew out some good content for us. We just have to be patient. That said, I agree with sketch, like a, a third or fourth Blade Runner marathon. I love the series, but come on guys. I'm, I'm sure you can do better. It, I don't mind a marathon, but please give us something else. It's gotta be, it's gotta be something with what's going on. Cause honestly, there's, there's no reason why they wouldn't do it. It's the same thing. Like what you said with Fena. You would think that you would be able to play a pen, uh, the a Fena um, marathon, but you know, maybe something's going on there too. You know, I, I think they're just trying the to hard show. I mean, I, I think they're just trying to hard pimp Blade Runner right now. I mean, I mean that's and that's fine, but there again, you know, they we we don't we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, and I would hate to sit here and. Mm-hmm. That's my dead horse, to be honest with you, is I would hate to sit there and be like, okay, Toonami's not doing something right or whatever. I'm not beating that dead horse. I'm beating the dead horse of this has happened before. This is probably something that is happening that we've seen before. And once, you know, the new year comes around, everything will probably work itself out. And keep in mind, Toonami's budget towards the end of the year is not the best and it restarts at the beginning of the, of the new year. So you can't really read into anything too much because we already know how this works. I mean, this has been going on for almost 10 years now. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta basically think about this in a logical way and not sit there and go, Oh, Toonami's dying. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that's what's happening. Yeah. I'm not going to say They're it just, now, but I am going to sit there and be like, uh, okay, why are we doing this again? <laughs> if they if they didn't want to give off the impression that they were dying, maybe they should have done something different. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. <laughs> but I don't think, they're, I don't think they're dying. Come on. They're they're not going anywhere. They're they're going to keep plugging along. And well, they gotta, will have new content sometime early next year. We've I'm honestly, I'll agreed. throw one out win. there. I'll, I'll we'll just see. throw one out there that I thought of as I was thinking of what could possibly show up. I I actually hope they get Genlock season two. I do too. Uh, that's a possibility. I mean, it, it does. It, it It is weird that I think Genlock was supposed to be at the end of this year, the season two, wasn't it? If I remember correctly. Well, it's on HBO Max. Yeah. They've Is it on HBO Max ep- right yeah, now? Yeah, they've been releasing episodes since... Okay. Because, uh, like, right after season one ended, HBO Max got a hold of it, and it took forever for them to make a season two. But, yeah, it, it was more or less guaranteed to be HBO Max exclusive. So, I mean, well, there's... Go ahead. Sorry, go on, Paul. Go on. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well, I was going to say, like, you know, you have to keep in mind, too, that it's... It's, you know, it, it's very hard to kind of say what... I mean, let's. This is a perfect time to talk about it. So, we, you know, we sit here and we go, okay, what is what the fuck is Adult Swim gonna do now that Family Guy's gone? Right now, all of a sudden, good we news, everyone. We have King of the Hill and fucking Futurama back. That's a problem. I mean, I mean, I feel like we're we're back in the nineties. I've been waiting Futurama, for this day <laughs> where Futurama and Toonami are on the same fucking you know network. You know, and and it's just it's very Dude, interesting to it's have like that 2003. happen. Two thousand three. Yeah, 
not the 90s. <laughs> yeah. You know what, well, not the 90s, but you know what I mean. Like, but you yeah, know, Cowboy was... Bebop and Futurama both being on Adult Swim at the same time again. What what year is next year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where you sit there and you go, okay, well, this makes – this is interesting. How did this happen? And then you got, you know – Disney got Family else? Guy. They don't care. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean that that could be what it is. I mean, it's on three net. It's going to be on three networks now. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, they don't really give a shit. They just want to make some money off of it. So why not? I, you know, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's a bad thing. I'm just it, it, what I'm saying is, is you know, you can't just sit here and go, okay, Toonami's dying when they're literally making these shows for Toonami. Oh, and by I the don't way, you need to say that. That that. I, I don't know why anyone would say that. I, I think the fact that we're getting original content just displays the opposite. And the fact that Jason DeMarco is, is promoted to a brand new position is also counter to that. So I well, don't think anyone needs to be worried about that. Uh, we, sh- we shouldn't have to say, but we do, unfortunately. The, the <laughs> only thing the with him being promoted is that he's no longer directly involved with Adult Swim anymore, if I remember that correctly, or something like that. It's a bigger and title. Hey, but it's probably it, not it a coincidence. Under- it falls under his uh, under his his job description, though, I, as far from the way it was described in the interview he had. He's but, but, he's he's not he so he's not involved with Adult Swim mainly, but he's involved with Toonami. So yeah. it's you know, and his and office I, I think is still there too. So that's a little well, weird. It well, of course his office is still. Can there. Can I just make yeah. one point? Because we talked, we brought up Genlock and the HBO Max of Harley Quinn. That was an HBO show that, that aired completely awesome. all of its seasons on HBO. And then they showed a marathon on Toonami. So just because a show has aired on HBO Max, you know, Genlock season two doesn't mean that it's off of the table for Toonami. Cool. And, and quite yeah, frankly, I that. would never have watched some of some of that stuff. I wouldn't have watched it if it didn't air on Toonami. And I was delighted that it, it did. If you heard if you heard our ladies podcast, you know, I, I enjoyed Harley Quinn thoroughly. So, you know, please give us Genlock season two. Just because it's been aired already doesn't mean that and, a lot of Toonami viewers have seen it. And I think that it's still perfect for Toonami. And I keep saying I, that. And I'll keep saying it. <laughs> I, I think the point that I was trying to get to was is kind of along those lines of like, you know, we're entering a new year. We know that they can get shows from HBO Max, and from what we, I, I haven't heard anything different, but it doesn't cost them any money to do so. So, you know, we may see some of these HBO Max shows coming. You know, one that to me is kind of surprising. And it's just because I've seen like other shows, like the live action teen Titans. It's not teen Titans, it's Titans, but you know what I mean? Um, you see some of these shows showing up on TNT and whatever. And it just makes me sit there and go, well, if you're going to be putting that on TNT, Late Get night. to the point, Paul. You're talking about Young Justice. Young Justice. There you go. <laughs> like I, I'm sitting here. Gosh, I'm sitting here thinking to myself. For... Well, I'm sorry that I keep beating the bad, the, the the dead horse. Don't you like this? Come on now. Um, they they should absolutely play Young Justice. Some we also need to next get year. you a new metaphor, Paul. Or a different horse. <laughs> well, it, it's 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 uh, Colt's fault, so blame him. I mean, yeah, some somewhat, yes. Uh, so, but but. Pun intended. In all seriousness, like you have these shows 
you know you're going to put these shows on on Turner Networks. Why not put Young Justice? Why not put Harley Quinn, like you said? Why not put um, Gen Lock? How vulgar was Harley Quinn? I'm trying to remember. Oh, it was a lot of F-bombs. Fan-fucking-tastic. It doesn't really matter, though, I mean, because you're on Adult Swim. Yeah, but Adult Swim has still had to deal with some weird Cartoon Network requirements. I, I was just curious at how vulgar that show got. Very. It was pretty vulgar, and it was fantastic. It was great. It's like it was all modern adult American adult cartoons for streaming. Okay. Full of swears. Okay. I mean, they play Robot right. Chicken. Like it's 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 about what you'd expect on Robot Chicken, but just a different type of humor. Better yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I was more curious on the well, whole like, Cartoon Network angle of it all because, like, I, I I know they've had shows where it's like they've bleeped certain words, and I'm like, why was that bleeped? <laughs> It constantly changes. It's not. Yes, good. it does. It does. I guess the point that I'm just trying to make is, is there's a lot of possibilities with what Toonami's doing is going to be doing. And I just want to, I just want people to keep more of an open mind on it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. 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 And that's, that's, I, I just, I, I'm getting a little annoyed by, and I guess it's, it's every single community that's doing this at this point, but I just get a little sick and tired of something happens. Doomsayers. And now we're going to, and then we're going to just sit there and be like, oh, there's a fire. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. What, I mean, like it, it hasn't even been on the internet for two seconds. And you're saying that Toonami's on fire. It's going to, it's going to get shut down. I'm like, oh my uh, God, just stop. I think CJ made a post about like the negativity too. And, and I, 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 I feel like at, at least in the situation regarding the, the, the Blade Runner marathon, I'm, I'm kind of like, Sure, it's negative, but I I feel like we we kind of have to make the point at this rate. So that's just me. Though. No, there is a, there is a good criticism about it. Yes, there. It's the same thing with why Dragon Ball Super was in the number one slot for the longest time after it it had new episodes play all the way through. I mean, there comes a time where you're going okay enough of this. Can we move? Can we do something different? Because this is just getting ridiculous. But we're also, again, you have to keep it in perspective. This is the end of the year. They're doing things a certain way to make things happen for next year. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just let it happen. Just let it happen. I'm, yeah, exactly. Honestly, at this point, I'm just waiting for the post 1-1 announcement. That's what I'm wondering at this point. I, I think it would be very good of them to announce some shows before Christmas. <laughs> Either at Christmas you know, or before to, Christmas. I'll take either to one. To make people have some hope. <laughs> yeah, I'm more than halfway through my DiSereno. We got to talk about Food Wars. Come on. <laughs> well, I think that's a good segue, and, if anything. <laughs> I guess, I guess we're drink, moving on to Food Wars. Kuro's drink segue is happening now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, that's fine by me. We've, uh, we've, we've bemoaned this schedule enough. It's the end of the year. Yes, it was disappointing that they started December with the Black Lotus Marathon. What you gonna do? No. We're we're past that now. Yes, we and are. We, we food. will. This too shall pass. <laughs> On to some delicious food? Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> God, that show's amazing. <laughs>
I'm guessing you're not a fan of season four. <laughs> I'm still antsy about the ants, the fancy ants or whatever. Oh the fun- man, the fancy ants! That I'm was, not over that. I'm that not was over a that. unique methodology of making a food. I I will give uh, her that much. That was a load of bullshit. Come on, they were just trying to be fun and funny because they and they ran out of ideas for that episode. <laughs> not really. I mean, there has been a larger push. I think I saw a tweet today where like some companies are now considering doing like fruit fly burgers and meal yes. meal nuggets or something like that yes. it's like okay yep. bug burgers yep. yeah like like bugs are like super high in protein and they're easy to breed. and a lot of countries use them for their cuisine this is true however i just don't want to see it or eat it and Cole, if you had watched blade runner 2049 you would have seen them harvesting maggots for protein oh nice actually i think it was leeches Man, that's yeah. Soily green is people, Sketch. It's people. Dear You're welcome. Right. <laughs> I just, God. I just have one primary thought about this, this uh, barrage of battles in the regimental food war. A lot of the times, it doesn't even make sense why somebody won. <laughs> it's I, like I, these both sound amazing. Why did one win over the other? I don't know. Yeah. I don't at, care. At this point, the show's basically done a, a a a fundamental, probably maybe as early as season three. At the very least, it's more or less confirmed in season three. It's not really why or how well the food was. It's the amount of clothes you blow off the person by the time everything is said and done. Well, yes, there is <laughs> there the food, is yeah. that. And they cast of the previous season, they actually explain this. That was and then they, go even, they even go even further in this one. <laughs> yeah. Please describe it for a sketch, because I need someone to I need to hear how someone else will describe okay, it. So people in the Nakari family, even people who were um, uh, married into the married Nakari into- family, apparently, uh, when they del- they eat something very delicious. It causes the people around them to disrobe <laughs> instantaneously. I and if it's hilarious. really, really good, then they themselves do it. <laughs> Small plot hole here. How come when it happens to the chairman, it doesn't happen to everybody else around him? How come you can marry into this so-called power? And let's just start there. I do not know. I, I do not know. You know, you know what would have made this even more, what would have made it even better. If you took out, if you took him out and then put wheeze in his place. And then oh, the, God. then, well, the food, and then he causing food very much. So, so that would have, that would have been perfect. And then he causes everybody to disrobe because he's eating because the food is so good. That would just be hilarious. I'm sorry, but I would just Ian well, Sinclair to read all those lines as wheeze and just overinflate the point. Exactly. God, he's th- he, he's just. <sighs> it makes it even worse because like he gives off that total creepy vampire vibe, you know. Yes. And so, and he's in a room full of teenagers, and they're all their clothes are popping off. So, like, I just get all kinds of this is really wrong and not at all sexy, you know. It, 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 it I don't know what the writers were thinking. Like an adult male who looks like a creep and is kind of an asshole. Oh, not kind um, of. He is an he, asshole. He's a straight up now asshole. Now he. He's, wait, he's mar- my marriage inherited his power. Wait, 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 wait. 
wait a minute, wait a minute. You realize this is an anime, right? That's yeah, done by creepy Japanese men that are, have done Let's not basically. But this is like you know what I'm saying. New like, level of wrongness. Like he's in a room full of teenagers. He's an adult. You know, teenagers doing it to other teenagers. You can bite into that. Uh, pun intended, a little bit. But this, this just, this just really rubbed me the wrong way. On top of the fact that I still can't get over that he he acquired this power from marrying into the Nakri family. I mean, like this poor woman who married this man. I feel so sorry for her. Man, he he must be really good at something because I don't, I can't see any redeeming qualities about him at all. Well, I, I hate to say it, but I, I just uh. it's. What, what do I want to say here? I I, I think. Be I think careful. I'm going to be I think I'm going to be the only one on this podcast to sit be here careful. and say that season 4 is not as bad as everybody makes it out to be. Oh dude, I loved it. Like ever since yeah. episode 1, I have just been adoring this show. I I I, 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 I just lost my shit when he he couldn't control his power after he ate all Soma and Arena's dishes. It was just like I'm done. I'm done. This is so stupid. It is really funny. It is very funny, and and it's pretty absurd. And and and, um, and, and that's why I just love the series because it's like it knows what it's doing. It gets he's the point literally. Across. My mind's telling me no, but my body Bodies, is yes. telling me yes. Yes, yes. Exactly. So it it's like the show knows what it's doing. It makes the point across and keeps building upon that silliness to the point where you literally are like cannibalizing the very idea of someone's clothes mm-hmm. exploding off when they're eating food. Exactly. It is just yeah, like, oh my god, you're a brilliant writer. The thought that it was, you know, in in the mind. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's actually physically happening. <laughs> you know, my my only only criticism of this season is basically the um is the fact that it was what only twelve episodes? So, yeah, it was know. only twelve episodes, and it covered over fifty chapters. Damn! In fact, the very last episode of the season, where you get that like short monologue from Megami, that was five chapters in itself. Yeah, about right for anime, or or or, or or the conversion rate. That's pretty. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty brutal. Not gonna lie, and from what I've seen of the first episode of the fifth plate, which I watched in Japanese because after I finished this season, it was like, I gotta, I gotta see what happens next. But so far I've only watched the one, uh, they skip or rearrange a whole lot of things after this. So yeah, we'll, I'm not that we'll surprised. We'll see what happens when they finally get to that. Uh, allegedly this last part of the manga is not well regarded. So some people actually like the changes that they did with the anime. Your yeah. mileage may vary. I just hope they get but this, it. That, that's, that's the next part, which they don't have yet. In fact, we don't even know if it's been dubbed yet, but maybe. I, I still <laughs> if it hope shows up on January 8th, I will not be surprised. I will lose my but shit. <laughs> if it doesn't, I will also not be surprised. So this whole season is just the regimental food war and the fallout of it basically mm. uh, we led up to it in the previous in the third plate so the fourth plate has been the rest of the regimental food war so it's just constant battles just constant along with Which of course great. some background on some of these characters because you know you gotta know a little something about these characters we actually get 
a lot of interesting uh, background on Satoshi and uh, Nene, uh, of course, Aishi and Rindo, uh, Somei Saito, and uh, pretty much a good chunk. I guess we get a little bit. We get a little bit for Momo. (laughs) So that's it's it's um so they they they, i wouldn't say that they necessarily make it so you like these characters but they at least help you understand kind of where they're coming from and why they decided to work with central even though some of the times it seems especially stupid like the sushi guy he should not be working with central (laughs) It's like the antithesis of his whole story. And he eventually comes to that conclusion. And is like, come on, man, you're smarter than this, right? But, uh, you know, Eishi Tsukasa is, is a fairly complicated character that I don't think they did the best at fleshing out. I don't know if they did better in the manga, but uh, what we did get here is kind of that he... Uh, uh, Azumi recruited him, noting that he was very talented, but possibly very frustrated with the way that people just didn't understand his cooking. So I kind of get it. And then Rindo mostly goes along with him, even though she most likely had her reservations, as is kind of touched on a little bit when, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tosuke Migashima. He uh, he's like, hey, Rindo, how you doing? She's like, what do you mean? How am I doing? <laughs> Which is a very different response than she gave to uh, <laughs> to Kumi Aldini, who was like, hey, there's something up with you. She's like, I ain't afraid of nothing. <laughs> Rindo's a very fun character. You were all. I feel like this show doesn't know what it wants to be. I mean, they they put a lot of effort to make it humorous, and then to show these really creative, elegant complicated dishes and so you 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 get what is supposed to be a humorous um food anime but then you know the characters that are kind of one or two dimensional um eh, bad characters if you will for lack of a better word you know now we have to give them background and give them some motivation and complexity and it's like okay but but that's not what the anime purports to be why why do we now need to give dimension to these characters when that's not like this is just about the cooking like it's like they they try to throw in all these different elements and they don't really flow real well and what you end up getting is a lot of camp and and it, it just gets tedious the backgrounds to me just got super tedious and it took away from what i enjoyed about the previous three seasons was discussion about all these ridiculously complex uh, uh, um food preparation techniques which can is a lot of fun to hear you know because they put a lot of effort into talking about it then yeah let us let us hear more about that i i don't give a shit what rindo's motivation is i really don't i don't and even after knowing i still don't care she is who she is i still want her to lose that hasn't changed what i do care about is what made what made you soma come up with this consomme for the pate and how did you come up with the idea of marinating beef and bacon together like i care about that i care about the food 
Show and... me more. Mm. Here for the food. I, I, I can I see that to... in the manga. I wouldn't see that in the anime because I've said yeah. this before. What what at least the anime does, in my opinion, is essentially take Dragon Ball Z by the way of a fast food restaurant where most of the clientele are strippers. Just dumbs it down to that point, and by God, it does it well. Well, no, no, no. I, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> and that's where I'm going I with mean, it. I mean, it does it do fan service? Yeah, it does fucking fan service. But uh, I would say if if they over-explained like how, okay, well, this is how I made this play and this is how I'm going to do that. No, I, I actually like when an anime goes, okay, we're actually going to tell you about this character and instead of being like, no, fuck you, you don't need to know. Like it, they give I you just like enough that. to care, but not enough exactly. to make you fundamentally attached, except exactly. to the characters that have absolute anime, importance. Yeah. Yes, I do like that. In certain shows where it is it is relevant to other parts of the show and plot as a plot device, but in this show, I just feel like it doesn't work well. It feels it, it, disruptive and it doesn't flow well, and it takes up a lot of time. Where you, I would rather hear about the food, and that's just my opinion. Uh, I, 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 I can see I, both I, working. I just feel like I, they were going for a battle show hen more so than an actual cooking anime. Yeah, That's at least my I mean, thought process on that. I, I just, I, I can't see this. If we were to flip it and do it the way that you were saying, Curl, I think this show would be crap, to be honest with you. Um, I think they do it in an appropriate way where they explain these characters. And then they also, when the dish is presented, they kind of do it in a way that makes you go, oh, okay, this is how it was made. And this is how, this is what he put in it or she put in it. You know, I like the way that they do it because that keeps me in the series. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, and, and, and I'll tack onto that and, 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 in in the way that they present it, it actually builds up the hype mm-hmm. because there are some situations where it's like, they'll, they'll cut the episode right before that person's dish is done. So it leaves you wondering, well, what the heck is this person going to do? Cause even in, in like season two, when Soma was fighting, I think it was me, uh, Mimaskasa, the, the copycat, I'm just like, Okay, that dude's got bacon. How do you beat bacon? <laughs> How do you beat bacon? <laughs> it, it was a good strategy, and he actually no, did it, it, which then led to one of the weirdest moments of everyone wearing schoolgirl sh- shirts and walking in a carnival. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I can't say that Food Wars is a perfect anime, but the way that they present it, like, just, okay. I'm taking an anime about food, but I'm presenting it in a way that will make you stay and watch this series. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what, that's what attracts me. And it's, and it's, I just think that if they went way too far with it, we would kind of just be like, we wouldn't even be talking about the series. It probably would do, um, <laughs> it'd probably be like Berto, honestly, at this point where it just lasted for maybe a season or two and then have a nice day, you know? Um, so, you know, I have to say the only one of the things that I, I think about when I thought about the past three seasons of Food Wars is memorable dishes. And there were several memorable dishes like in season one. You remember that vegetable dish that Megumi made because it reminded the the uh, judges of home. And yes. I remember the last season, the bear meat dish, like they're memorable dishes because of descriptions. And that made it interesting to me. Now, now, of course, this is just my opinion. I'm representing one. I only represent a certain fraction of fans that probably think this way, hopefully. Um, but 
there weren't really any memorable dishes in this season, except for, I think that the, just the pate that was structured as a, that looked like a bone in meat dish. That's the only one I remember. And that's why I was kind of disappointed. And that goes back to what sketch said initially, you know, starting off this conversation is he doesn't really, didn't really remember the, the meals, didn't really remember the dishes, uh, just the ex, the, the, the exposition. And I'll also point out, this is something that, um, Celia and I have talked about in the past as well, that this show did in this season worse than the other seasons is where they, they talk about things, but they don't show it. There isn't a lot of animated demonstration of things. They just tell you, this is what happened. This is what I did. And then some cutscenes that show shorts and, and um, still, still animated shots. And I just think that, and, and I, I, I don't disagree with you, Paul. I don't want to make it a boring anime by making it like Crow's dream food wars, anime, you know, don't take out all of the personality certainly, but, um, but like doing some tweaks and, and if, if this is, it's about food wars, essentially that's what it's called. That's what it's about. So the food wars need to be the upfront element and that needs to be the thing you remember. And if I can't remember the food in food wars, then they've done something wrong. I, it was still a funny season, but it, it the other seasons were more amusing to me. No, I, I I can agree that they may have like I think the last dish that was made I think was more of the most memorable, and they probably did that on purpose. Um, but at the same time, it's like you know I I kind of want to see the battles. I I don't really care. Okay, fine, whatever about the food, but you know I'm I'm like I want to see the battles because. I'm, That's what makes food wars the food wars. You know what I mean? I'm both I, ways. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I get what you're saying, and yeah, I understand. And but you know, I think what you know, you bring up a good idea that I think if we were in the '90s, as I brought up earlier, um, mm-hmm. this would probably be a show. Let's just let's just change this to like a young teen show instead of it being <laughs> with clothes flowing, flying off every single episode, <laughs> so less, less food gasms. <laughs> right. So it, it, I think we would all be in agreement that like many cartoons when they were like this, like for example, with um, captain planet, let's, and this is probably the best way to kind of uh, make this example is, is like, okay, so either in the commercial break or probably at the end of the show, just before they completely end the show, they talk about, Hey, Soma made this dish in the, in the, in the, um, in the show, this is how it was made. And this is what you do. Like a quick thing that would show anything. I think we would all be in agreement that that would probably happen in a cartoon like this, if it wasn't an anime. Yeah. But let's face it. It's an anime. They're trying to fit in all these, things from the manga and honestly i think they're doing a really good job it's it's one of the reasons i don't like to to read a manga before i see a show because i honestly think and some people are going to disagree with me but i honestly think if you read the whole manga and then watch the anime it ruins it for you because mm. you're sitting there. I, I hear V Lord going, No, I don't well, agree. But let me explain that. <laughs> let me let me explain that a little bit. Because like <laughs> if 
let's say, and and we've seen this in several series, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, Colt, is the show deviates from the manga in several ways. But, and I'm not saying every show does this because there are examples up there, Promise Neverland, um, that yeah. basically they deviate from the sh- from the manga or they leave something out and it's just like, it because you knew that, it ruined the whole fucking show for you. Whether or not season two was good for you or not, if you read the manga and that missing part isn't in there, now you're pissed and now that sours the I, show for you. I just... I didn't read the manga and I still thought season two was poorly done. <laughs> I need to read the manga, but honestly, I wouldn't say the ending was bad, but you could tell it was burning the candle at both ends worse than Inuyasha the final act did. But but you but you get what I'm saying. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like to I like to like just take the show as what it is. Yes, it's based on this manga, but I want to see the creator's vision first and then go to the manga and go oh this wasn't in the series now i understand why colt was pissed (laughs) or you know whoever was pissed about insert anime you know what i mean and i think that with food wars i mean yeah they did they leave some things out i'm sure they do every fucking show leaves something out but you know for me the way that they're doing it i think is wonderful and you know i just hope that they keep going with it and doing exactly the same things that they're doing. Yes, they do need to do some things a little bit differently. But, you know, I, again, I, I, it's the, the these food wars are the reason why I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. And why I see why people are like, oh, you got to watch this show. Because it just, it just makes sense at this point. Because of all the food wars that are going on. And yes, the hilarity of somebody's clothes getting thrown off because the food is so fucking good. Like, that's hilarious. Yeah, the, yes. the fan service, like, once I got past the part that this is an integral part of the show, like, then I accepted it and saw it as something amusing. Then then I was like, okay, Embrace I'm in on the, the joke lewd. now. Embrace yeah, the I'm in on the jo- I embrace the loot. I'm in on the joke. Then I started like thinking, all right, so, so let me see what else. I, and there are things I like about the show, but I remember saying this about season three and Ozami is just, he, he, and, and Celia disagreed with me. She thought he was a great supervillain. They needed to bring him in the show to give it a little boost. But like by the end of the, by the end of the season, he's just, he's just not at all, rounded out as a character he's it's just like everything bad that they want to make him do to fuck everybody up that's what they do so he has these lines about you know i'm trying to protect my daughter and all this other bs and it it just it doesn't flow it doesn't make sense and it actually comes across as 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 like an ex- a really bad excuse and I, I didn't like that at all. I, I didn't like the way Ozzy handled. Like you expect a certain amount of supervillain, like Cog in the wheel. You know he's gonna he's gonna disrupt the flow of these food wars. Of course, I expected that. I knew that was gonna happen because then that's what makes things interesting. But just his reaction, his refusal to taste her food, saying she's lost all inspiration, and I, I certainly appreciated the part where she explains that the creativity from everybody's different styles is what makes me as inspired as a chef. By the way, that was really poorly explained. That's something that I would have liked to have seen translated better. I would attribute these flaws though, not so much as, as like the, the, the 
the series itself having an issue, but like maybe bad writing. I think that this is, this is something that better writing would have improved on like better script, better explanation, you know, just sometimes just, just writing better. And and I don't mean to criticize any translators cause I'm not sure that is even where the issue lies, but just like having him say some of the shit he said, it, it just made me want to like fast forward through the scene. I was like, all right, get to the point, get to the point, blah, blah, blah. You're going to taste the food. She's going to be right. She's going to win. Like, let's, just, <laughs> let's just get past the bullshit now, you know? All right. And, and the middle of the monologue will be going. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I, I just need it to, I, if, if you're going to do that, you need it to mean something or just make it completely ridiculously funny. Like don't try and sit there in mediocrity. You know, yeah, I, I go can understand all the way that. or don't go there at all. Huh? I can understand that completely. I just feel like <laughs> the show hit what it was trying to do. But then again, I mean, if, I, I mean, I'll, I, I mean, the, like, like the only thing that I could sit there and think of to me would, would be is like people saying the like Jojo part one was really good. I'm like, no, it's not. It's kind of the same feeling. I, I don't know. I, I think, again, I think that how he was built up from season three to the end of season four was um, I mean, what he was doing made sense because he wanted his daughter to do what he wanted. Right. This he, he had her in his control. That was abundantly explained well, in season three and a little bit in, well, in he, season four. He I wouldn't phrase it as it makes sense. <laughs> What's that? I wouldn't phrase it as it made sense. Most of what he did did not make sense. Yeah. Well, great. okay. So what, what am I? What I'm saying, like, from the perspective of this guy's a villain. This is the this is the person. This is he's going to do the certain things. It makes sense, like what he was what he was doing as an evil person. Now, what he was actually doing in the context, maybe not really, but you know what I'm saying? Like it, it makes sense that why he was like, I'm not going to taste your dish because my, your dish, because he's a, hoity you know, asshole he, with high standard. Well, he's an asshole, but, but here's the thing too. And <laughs> in, in the, you're also giving off the impression of, he knows his daughter's dish is going to be good. Let's not, let's not fuck around with this. He knows that his, di- that her dish is going to be good. His training actually helped her in becoming the person that she is. As much as she doesn't want to admit that, which she does admit to it at the end, like, yes, you helped me, father, because he did. He helped her in a way. Oh, you know, he that's was, a it was good fucked up. Point because at the end there, when he's talking to uh, Gin Dojima and Joichiro, it's like he actually admitted, I did all this to make her stronger. Right. Can, can I like, just tell you? That sounded, yeah, I agree, Sketch. And and the impression I got, it, it wasn't even about his daughter. It gave me the impression that he just didn't want to be wrong. No, and, he did not. And, and that was the cringiest part of all of this. And it, it came was... off kind of as misogynistic. Like, he just couldn't be wrong. He had to be right. He had to be like, this is the only way. Me, the dad, the man. Like, it, it just came off like that. And it just really rubbed me the wrong way. I'm your way. father and, and you'll do what I tell you. Exactly, I feel it was that exactly. and just a huge like, case of bromance. 
Uh, yeah, he had oh, a tremendous oh, yeah. romance, huge bromance on Jericho, and that was like ninety percent of the reason why he turned into a mass asshole. Because it was like, oh well, you know, my best friend slash bromance decided, you know, basically had a mental breakdown, so I'm going to turn into a massive asshole to try and force this one style of food so, on everybody. So you know, yeah. this might yeah. have been avoided if Jericho had like kept Just in called. touch. <laughs> Send a text, man. <laughs> Give a little, give a little bit to your friend, you know. Maybe a little kiss on the cheek or something. I don't know. Give, <laughs> give him a little sugar. Give him a little sugar. There's fan art for that. Down. You know that. <laughs> It'll it, calm him the fuck down. I promise. <laughs> it, it really comes down to he believed in all of his heart that Jerichiro became miserable, and he yeah. didn't want that to happen to any other skilled chefs. And he believed that the culinary world was causing all these chefs to suffer. That's a stupid motivation. Let's not get her. It's, it, <laughs> it's, it, it, it's a stupid motivation, but it's not. It, it's not inherently like I don't know how I want to say this. It's stupid, but it's not inherently wrong. Because again, they're all, they're, having they're, worked they're in fast food, people are assholes. To give reasoning for this, and I, I, I just. I wasn't buying it either, Sketch. Why, 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 Jerry Why didn't you keep in touch, man? That you could have just yeah. avoided all of this. You could have given him some sugar, and we all would not have had to deal with this. <laughs> and you also, know, what was the, what was the plan here? Most of the elite ten were going to graduate at the end of the year, regardless. What was going to happen after that? Exactly. I, I think it was the idea of just crushing the spirit at that point. It was less about them graduating, and it was more once all these rebels lose and they're all expelled, there's literally no one left that would go against me regardless if they graduate. That's, That's a good point. Well, you know, one thing that one thing that I think that they missed and I think could have been a little bit could have been a better way of doing going about this from season three all the way to the end of season four is the fact that, you know, Erna is literally she's literally like, I don't want to I guess I want to say infatuated with Soma's father, but. You know, she basically looked up to this dude and like you could have taken the story from like being like, okay, instead of what what it was to being like, well, fuck you for making my daughter like look up to you instead of me. I'm going to cause all this fucking trouble because of it. And I'm going to prove to you that she's, you know, no, they were both equally interested in Joey Chiro. Yeah. yeah. Did, did Actually, he even know, did he even know like, his daughter had a Jerichiro complex? I no. don't even think he knew. No. I don't think he did. No. No. But see, that I was a missed... Only, only Grandpa knew that. But see, that's a, that's a missed opportunity that they could have used in the story, I think. They, I don't know if it is or not, but... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, mean, I just I, have I a problem as to where they would have fit it in. That'd be like my only thing. Now, another thing that's that's really good about season four and i noticed this as i was watching the last couple episodes i'm like wait a minute did the dub actually get better in this season because i've been i've been kind of critical of the dub in the in the first couple seasons but i noticed like this season especially you know especially it was like wow did they did they like did everybody just get better or did like the voice acting like something happen because i felt like a lot of the voice acting was better in this season than it was in the in previous did anybody else think that or am i, I just losing? don't pay attention to that stuff enough to have a valid opinion 
the, the voice acting, in, in my opinion, was was just fine. I have I had absolutely no complaints about people's um, representations of the characters. In my in my opinion, it was the writing that was at fault. What do you think, Sketch? Hmm. Uh, well, for one thing, they introduced uh, a lot of new characters in this past two seasons, and I think most of them were very well voiced. I want to give a shout out to the actress of Momo, Holly Sigara, because when she was playing Momo, like down low, like sinister, oh, it was yeah. so good. It was so Especially given good. the fact that she had to keep using those silly nicknames in that low voice. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. And of course, um, uh, uh, Morgan Barry as Rindo yeah. ate every scene she was in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally. And Ian Sinclair, of course, knocks it out of the park every time. As, he always uh, does. That's yeah. awesome. Me. Um, I don't. I don't know if much has necessarily changed overall. I do think that the actress of Erina has gotten progressively better. Yes. That's what I was going for. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, I think that's what kind of got me in to more like paying attention to the dub in this season, because I don't know. It wasn't, she didn't sound It was good. She had to do a lot of heavy lifting in this season. Yeah. She didn't, she didn't sound as whiny. And I think when, the voice actress that's doing Arena is has to do whiny. It comes off a little bit, kind of like, well, eh, okay. I, I mean, she has a rich boil. I, I, so. I would say that that shows the growth of the character too. Yes. Yeah, I believe the the actress is Stephanie Whittles. I think Soma Soma was a lot less Soma in this. Yes. Um, Season, uh, if you will, excuse I, the expression. I missed spent like the three Soma. episodes drinking tea. Yes. Uh, yeah, yes. I missed I missed the Soma that I actually really in. He's he's the reason that I I like the series the most is because you know he's he's crazy and creative and like I get it. They had to showcase all the different food wars from different characters and that was that was fine. But um, he's just he was just so toned down and and that I I was kind of bummed out about that. I missed Soma. I feel that's because the stakes were higher in this situation, so he had actually had actually had to act serious apart from the moments yeah. of like him intentionally taunting Erina to force her to make a better meal, which kind of came off as early <laughs> Soma, but you could tell that that there was that moment of like he actually gives enough of a shit to want to win this, so he has to actually get people motivated enough to want to do better. Can we talk I- about the peanut butter and squid? Oh my god! I loved that, that moment. Peanut butter and squid. I, I lost I my so shit when she said that. I'm like, oh my god! She took so much shit dish and incorporated it into the food. I, I'm done. I knew done, it was gonna done. happen at some point because they keep making jokes about it. But like, in a, in an in like a real world sense, I was not buying that that would actually provide any kind of depth to a flavor profile at all. I didn't believe it at all. But it was hilarious to see. I care not if it works in the real world. I only care for the moment of the absolute bullshit. (laughs) I actually enjoyed the fact that she fucking did that because, you know, I I like the fact that in that in those what was it one or two episodes specifically like I like how like Soma was like listen like in in a roundabout way you know on the surface you're kind of like well fuck you Soma for trying to do a food war in the middle of a goddamn food war. 
But then, Yo, you know, dog, like, I heard you like food wars. Do we put a food war? In yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and but like it, in in when you go down deep into it, you're like, you know, someone's really sitting there going, saying to Aaron, like, listen, the only way we're gonna beat these guys is if I challenge you to do your best work and you Absolutely. come up with something completely out of this fucking world. I know you can do it. I know you're going to fuck with me and do something, which by the way, she fucking threw it in his face and went, Oh, by the way, not only am I going to fucking take your, the worst thing that you fed to everybody with the squid and fucking peanut butter, but then I'm going to take take your first dish that you, you fucking shoved down my throat and made me look bad and fucking put it in there as well. I went, I went, Oh shit. That was, that was like a combination of uh, a culmination of like, okay. That was a burn. That was a, no, that was more than a burn. That was like a fucking, like, I just like, I just fucked you up. And someone's just sitting there going, I want you. (laughs) Hey, who wouldn't take peanut butter and squid to, 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 to make it taste divine enough for, um, all the teenagers in the, in the, stadium to pop off their clothes I, and it yeah i i just love the the part where he's like come on say it you know you got to say it i don't want to say it no you need to say it <laughs> you're welcome you're welcome <laughs> you're welcome i mean she did it by herself before he's <laughs> like i didn't do that i swear i didn't do that i love that he's just like stop stealing my stuff Stop stealing my stuff. Come on. All right. If, if you're going to steal my stuff, you need to say it. I don't want to do it right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I do like that. The, the, they f- managed to bring it back around. Cause that's what started at the end of season three, this whole discussion, they brought the, the point back around. Finally, that creativity and screw ups in the kitchen is what makes good cooking you have to screw up you have to experiment you have to try new things you know that's where you get to the delicious dishes you can stick to the same thing sure that you know that works but you'll never grow outside of that and so trying the squid with peanut butter i don't recommend it by the way don't do it don't do it at home kids (laughs) (laughs) trying things like that and trying to make weird combinations leads you to sometimes brilliant ones. So they they did bring that point back around, not as well as I would have liked them to, but they did. So it was that was good. And and I'll I'll give this season that I'll give them that. And and, and I was surprised that they like I, I understand they won the 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 regimental food war, but like I was like, okay, so we're gonna give Soma number one, and we're gonna give. Erna, the director's seat, it's like, uh, okay. Grandpa doesn't want to work anymore. Shut up. Yeah, I mean, Grandpa's kind of been training Erna for this for, like, the whole times. So it's not that much of a stretch. But, I mean... It, it is kind of ridiculous. This is literally the kids running the school. Now, and, and the one thing I didn't agree with, though, was the whole thing of... Um, so okay, yes, we knew who we know. Suma, we we know that Soma was going to be number one, but then like a, as they're going through, like you know, Megami's doing this and blah blah's doing this and whatever. Like all of a sudden, it says underneath their name seat. You know, they're they're, they're this seat, and I'm just sitting here going, okay, 
maybe you could have done another one or two episodes and kind of explained how they became these seats. Yeah, I still be... has a seat, which I don't understand. I can't understand that at all. He is He's such kind a, of a dick. Jerk. <laughs> he is dick, a manipulative Two descriptive manipulative. terms that are both correct. No, he's definitely a dick, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, okay, from the practicality standpoint, he has a lot of connections. And money <laughs> so and other things. Probably, probably, I just can't hardly. This is the thing about Soma in particular. He'll work with anybody. He doesn't care yeah. what their motivations are. So as long as they're a good chef, that's all he cares about. But which I is a bit short-sighted. He disrespected everybody from the Rebels. So it's mm-hmm. not just about him, like, you know, being a, a jerk. It was just like he put them all down. Like, why on earth would yeah. you want to work with him? Like, what, is he just going to pretend to make nice now? I, I, I didn't. Yeah, sometimes I, I, the conflict no. breeds better ability to make food. I mean, if he was anything, Maybe. he did force um, uh, Aldini to go well beyond his own moral spectrum in order to screw him over in that fight. If I'm, But let's, let's also keep it in perspective, too. What's the saying? Keep your enemies closer. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I suppose if they kicked him out of the tent, then he would become quite the thorn in their side. Exactly. And and keep in mind, too, like you're talking about a dude that, you know, if you if you have him in the tent, you can keep an eye on this motherfucker because of all the paperwork and shit. Whereas you know what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? Like, and I, I know that's probably that's probably something Erina did, knowing how the how this show goes. She would probably be like, No, you need to have this asshole in the ten, because if you don't, we're not yeah. gonna know what the fuck he's gonna do. So I, I could see her being like, Let's put him in the ten, or he or maybe he won a food war and that's how he's in the ten. Again, I would have liked to had a little bit more like explanation here, but uh, you know, I, I, I'm just I happy Megumi got ten. Think seat. it's actually explained in the manga. So, Me- Megumi definitely uh, deserved a seat, and and at first I was kind of miffed that she only got the tenth, but actually makes sense with her personality, and and the you know the kind of chef she is that she's pretty timid and sort of still learning that she gets tenth. And I bet you, like from her standpoint, she's just so grateful to be there. So that kind of makes sense. She doesn't yeah. even care about being in the ten. Oh yeah. No, she. You know, and, and it's. Kuga, and it's oh yeah, I'm, I'm on Team Kuga. I want all the Kuga. Yes. <laughs> Third seat. It's Bro. very interesting too that she's the one nar- narrating that episode too, because you're just kind of sitting there going, "Huh." Megan, Megan the best narrator. I mean, no, why no, would you I'm have not, Soma narrate that? <laughs> no, well, no, I no, no, you don't want Soma to do it. But I mean, I, I feel like. They they indicate a lot of the times that she's like she's writing a letter to her mother. Well, yeah, but she's she's a very they make her to be more of an important person, and sometimes I feel like the show doesn't really make her important. So it's kind of like won her match, doggone it. Yeah, I'm still I mean, pissed off about that, but it's just very it's very weird to me because it's like where are you leading Megami in this whole story too? Like, are you gonna eventually like? put her and Soma together or are we looking at like something else going on here? Because like you're making her out to be a bigger character. What's your goal here? You know what I mean? That's, that's my only problem with her character is it's like, I feel like they, they've tried to like indicate things along the way. And you're kind of like, usually the voice of reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, she's, she's a voice of reason, but also like, I feel like they're trying to, 
make her be a bigger part, but then they're not going to pay this off in the end. And it's like, mm. I, I don't want to do like that. Megumi to was such was a good the key character. character that you wanted to win, but yet never kind of got the opportunity to, despite doing her absolute best. Right. Right. But then you yeah. connected her with, but then you connected her with Soma and then it kind of, I, I just feel like Soma was there to drive her character growth. So that she wouldn't be as timid, that she'd be willing to fight for what she believed in. And the fact that if you see her as at, in like season one where she was barely capable of doing anything and you follow that progression, I feel like pitting her with Soma was less about right. tying her with Soma. And it was more just, hey, we're going to have Soma's personality reinforce Megumi in order to help her become a better character in terms of cooking. And she found her brand. She does mama's cooking and everybody <laughs> loves it. Which is amazing and but totally about character. This, for example. But you know what you know what would be what would be really interesting is if and they won't do this, but if at the end, like this story was really from Megami's perspective in a way, because if you think about it, it kind of is it kind of is it kind of is from Megami's ex- it's uh, almost always around. Exactly. And it, it makes me think like that's why I'm kind of like I, I want to see some kind of like payoff. Do I, I, I'm one of those people that's like, yes, I should, I want her to be with Soma. Yes. I'm one of those people. But then I'm like kind of sitting here going, I mean, that would be wholesome. Yes. I'm all for it. But, uh, yeah, we're, there's, there's too much. By the way, (laughs) I just got to say this because this show is so drenched in fan service. I really appreciate it when those two other judges showed up for some, like, prime adult <laughs> women clothes dropping. Uh, um, thank you. Thank you, Food Wars. How, Enough of these teenagers. Completely how, unnecessary, and, and it's just there just to have it there. I, I, I just yeah. enjoy the fact <laughs> that they somehow... I wouldn't care if I sat on your lap, Mr. Ozami. I just enjoy the fact that when they were using those characters, they somehow managed to work a lingerie joke into the description of the food with them. And it's like, how are we doing this? Like, you have some god-tier writing to go from like, oh, here's this really good food, to comparing it to lingerie. It's like, Okay, we just went down that road. Yes, we did. Honestly, surprised it took that long. So, if you think the villain in this arc was ridiculous, oh, just you wait. Mm. (laughs) Just you wait. Announce the fifth season. Yeah, I have have questions to ask ask you after this podcast about that sketch, so I will do that. But I, I, I think the one thing that's... I think the one thing that's important about this season is at least, you know, it got us to, it got us to a good point to hopefully with, I think season five is supposed to be the last season. So it is. Um, I hope we have a, a really good, you know, end to this show where it's not just going to be, you know, Oh, here's this. Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> But we'll see. We win now. We win, and now you know the, the, the now you know the end of the episode. Good day. This this season actually ends in a way that it would have been entirely okay for there oh, yeah. not to be more. Like, oh it, yeah, it's a good conclusion. So I agree. Where it goes from here, well, <laughs> your mileage may vary. <laughs> but I just hope they announce it. I want that yeah. announcement. I want that announcement. Give me what I want. 
I mean, we that were talking class about this too. earlier. So, I mean, that might be one of the announcements, too. Who knows? It might be. It might be. We have no idea if this has been dubbed yet. But there's no reason to assume that it hasn't. Agreed. I mean, Sentai's dubbing shows all the time and then releasing them all at once. So, who knows? But that will about do it for this conversation on Food Wars. Hopefully not our last. Which I think it was a good conversation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, kind of went all over the place, but uh, <laughs> so did it. Was gonna say, yeah, well, yeah. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, I was going to say, that's how we do it these. It is how we do. This is exactly. how we that's do. how we do. Onward to Blade Runner or something like that. <laughs> Yay! This is what I'm here for, guys. And you stuck around this long. I yeah. am here for this discussion. I am here to talk about this show and these episodes. Boom. Mm. Let's do this sketch. What is this, five, six? All right. Uh, Yes, this is five and six. Pressure and the persistence of memory. Interesting. Pressure, episode five, was storyboarded by Shingo Natsumi, the guy who brought us Space Dandy and uh, One Punch Man's Good Season. (laughs) He's uh, most recently did a series called Sunny Boy, which is very interesting and hard to follow. But uh, I did not expect that. That's that's neat. I don't feel like there's anything in the <laughs> events of episode five that makes me think of his prior work, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't have noticed it. Uh, whatever. That speaks to his range. That too. Though Shingo Natsumi, along with doing dynamic action, can also do, uh, you know, quiet scenes. He's He's very good at those. So... Not, not to say that the man doesn't have range. He certainly does. Anyway, uh, when we last talked about Black Lotus, uh, Officer Davis was trying to convince uh, Chief Grant that they're dealing with a replicant, and Officer uh, Officer Davis gets shut down by that, and he's like, no, 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 replicants aren't, aren't around anymore. Of course, on the other side, he's like, okay, we got to hunt down this replicant shut, because shut, he's going to kill shut, everybody. Shut, 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 shut. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, we got the whole flashback of the events of the doll hunt. That, that was, that's what happened. Which that was the second time they did that technically, wasn't it? This is like the whole thing as opposed to just snippets of it, which, um, yeah. And in episode five, uh, following that, uh, we, we have uh, Elle hanging out at Joseph's apartment. She finds a gun at some point and starts shooting bottles, which are probably not entirely empty. So not only is she wasting bullets, she's wasting booze. Darrell would not be pleased. <laughs> Neither is Kuro. There you go. <laughs> and Joseph's like, hey, get your own Alcohol gun. <laughs> my gun and my booze. Stop that. We're the also introduced to a Blade Runner, Marlo, who is uh, played by uh, Josh Duhamel and sounding a lot like his Harvey Dent that we heard recently on Toonami in the Batman Long Halloween. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I bet you was like, that guy sounds familiar. <laughs> now that I think so about it, yes. He gets on a bus and 
hunts down a replicant. I believe it was actually one of the replicants that was in the fighting ring. Yes. Mm-hmm. In, in a prior episode. He looked very different with clothes on. <laughs> uh, and the bus drivers are like, hey, come on, come on. And then he shoots up the bus, shoots the guy out of the bus. And boy, that bus driver is going to have some paperwork. <laughs> I, I, As a fellow bus driver, I feel for it. I felt that scene was like, like, it's a good introduction, but I felt like it, it was going to be a bit more like fighting. And it just kind of seemed like, okay, two shots to the back and one shot to the head. It's like, okay. Yeah, it was over in moments, but don't worry. There's a great fight in episode six. Mm-hmm. So, more, more than one good fight, actually. Uh, my initial impression of this whole scene was it's awfully dark and I can't see much. <laughs> it's kind of a problem Welcome that is Blade Runner? Persist- <laughs> persisting with this. Sh- I, I mean, the Blade Runner movies are usually lit well enough that it's not really a problem to see what's going on so this uh this could be a um shortcoming of the whole production here yeah but chiaroscuro is a huge element to blade runner in general it's mm -hmm. it's about the 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 angles of the shadows and the darkness and i think it's also supposed to be thematic about you know what happens in the dark and the things we do in the dark so Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it, it's it's difficult for animation purposes to to see everything that's happening. So that might be, you know, adjust your television set, folks. Oh, but, it also um, it does a sense. good job of hiding the flaws of the CG. <laughs> oh yeah, or at least it tries. I think I think think Jose was making some tweets about that. I, I never actually looked at them, but there were a couple of clipping issues here and there. There were, uh, particularly in the early episodes. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, L gets some help from Joseph to figure out who the people in the video were. And he does the thing. He does the enhance. <laughs> Move left. Enhance. <laughs> I was like, say enhance. Yeah, the Esper. He Let's uses go. the Esper. Uh-huh. I, I just want to point out that, you know, I love the consistency with using the technology from mm-hmm. the original film that they're staying along the same lines rather than oh. say incorporating new edgy technology that we've seen since and finding a way well, to add it. Into- no, they're staying consistent with the world with, I, you know, I, the, I, the, I, monitors I, 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 like the monitors, the, the, the cars look like the cars. They're using the same things that they were using. Even the, um, the empathy machine, the empathy detecting machine looks the same. I, I really liked that and appreciated that, and it gave me a nice throwback to when I was a kid and I watched the movie. I, I was going to say it in, in a different way, which is, well, you have to remember that like most of the people, including Jason, are giant Blade Runner weebs, so I'm really not that surprised they'd adhere to that thing like a like a Bible. Oh, and they should. Not. They should. If you're doing an in-world series, you mm-hmm. should stick to in-world technology, and, and I think yeah, that's nobody has elegant. cell phones. N- nobody no. has some of our modern advances. It's it is a future of the world presented in the original Blade Runner, which is set in, what, 2019? So, yeah, I, I appreciate that. Another detail I noticed, particularly, I think I first noticed it in episode five, uh, the architecture of Joseph's apartment is fairly similar to Deckard's apartment, mm-hmm. like the like the walls, the designs on the walls. I just... I thought that was a nice, nice thing to have there. Uh, so 
they uh, they get a closer look at the footage, and Joseph's like, you know, one of these persons is probably a cop, and the other might be his wife. I don't think that you should do this. And she's like, well, screw you. I have a revenge got a, to go got on. Got a revenge. So print me out some pictures. She's like, ah, ask Doc to do that. So she does. So you go ask uh, Doc Badger. But that was actually probably Joseph's clever way of getting her away from that room. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, well, rather, he went down to Doc's lab, uh, his, uh, his store, and was a scapegoat while she and Doc were printing out the pictures upstairs. And then she leaves before the police show up. And that was a boy, slow they show up. printer. They were setting those it, scenes up to be really weird. <laughs> and Doc was like, it takes time with these printers. It's just like, like well, thanks for explaining, Doc. <laughs> it's like, okay, two, okay, we're watching the printer print. Cops move in. Same printer printing the photo. The heck, dude? <laughs> How long does it take you to print a freaking, you know, five by eight? This is, you know, a diff- different. T- it was multiple pictures, too, so... <laughs> I just, I just found that moment to be like, oh, okay, sure. I mean, well, it's she gets not out like you're... the nick of time. Yeah. <laughs> she gets out in the nick of time, and uh, at some point, uh, Chief Grant called Marlo, that Blade Runner we saw early on, and tries to get him to go after Black Lotus, and he's like, eh, whatever. But he eventually does show up, and... I, he must have some kind of history with Joseph, who, for pretty much since the beginning, I figured was probably a retired Blade Runner. I mean, that would explain why he has some of the stuff he does. That makes it extra interesting. That makes him very much of interest to, to me. Yes, yes, exactly. So, I'm not quite sure what his deal is, but mm-hmm. it's probably a bit complicated. And in the next episode, uh, uh, Officer Grant, uh, Chief Grants, has, uh, you know, he's trying to track down Black Lotus. Meanwhile, his wife is persisting in trying to get some more security over at their home because she expects the replicant to come kill her. And she went wrong. (laughs) That's exactly where Elle was going. How could she be on a penthouse roof? I mean plot she's very good at climbing (laughs) which is another funny thing typical husband doesn't believe the wife they seem like they might be having a bit of a strained marriage (laughs) I don't know where you got that impression it just was so obvious (laughs) we just committed mass murder in a technical legality loophole why should we be worried about a possible you know murder suspect yeah, it's totally fine. But to uh, Grant's credit, he does tell Marlo to go to his home. And Marlo does show up eventually, but not before Elle has managed to kill. Uh, well, actually, she doesn't no, no. kill the cops out front. She knocks she the two cops out. Yeah. Very nice of her. And uh, then she has already apprehended Josephine, got her tied up in a chair, and is questioning her. And I, I really felt that scene played out weird at some points. Like, there was one point later on, 
after uh, the chief comes home, like, and they're talking. Like, there was just one moment, like, this really awkward silence between the two. Mm. It also seemed like uh, that scene was playing out, and then maybe we saw the same scene playing out from a different perspective. Either that, or they just literally repeated what they were doing. Like, like, yeah, like, like that whole dialogue to me was like, okay, cool, I get it, but I feel like we're overextending this just a little bit, and I'm just waiting, like, okay, just kill the lady at this point, or do something about it, and then the the mm. fight scene starts, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, fine, oh, cool, now he gets stabbed, and he shoots his wife, good, thank goodness, we're done with this. Yeah, <laughs> when uh, L is. Uh, fighting uh, Grant, she stabs him, and that causes him to fire his gun at his tied-up wife. And then the wife's like, you don't even care. But then Marlo shows up (laughs) after Officer Davis shows up and is like, two people are dead here. This is a problem. (laughs) I got two people knocked out and two people are dead. What do you want to do? Yeah, you shut down and shut the fuck up. I'll go kill the bitch. Or attempt yeah, to, anyways. Mar- Marlo shows up, blows through the window, <laughs> and then you get a really good fight between Marlo and Elle, which shows that they are both very capable of fighting. I like how yeah. that fight played out, but I, 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 I swear at times, it seems like, maybe it's just me, but like some of the moves seemed un- maybe slower than what I would think of them. It maybe is just you, Okay. It's definitely just food. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. It seemed pretty. The flow seemed pretty good to me. I, maybe not so much the flow. To me, like 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 there were moments where it feels like <sighs> Re- real not. people. Real people's reactions are not super quick. And quite frankly, I have to say, as someone, so so my my partner has has several black belts and and teaches different types of self defense and martial arts. And I thought that the, that the moves were really elegant. I thought they were really well done. And it was really interesting to see her utilize her body against a gun. And the best way she, she, she obviously has, it's clear she had superhuman abilities, but at the same time, she was doing things that made sense. She was doing moves that were, were, uh, feasible. And, um, it was, it was just really, you know, CGI is not easy. One of the things that I've heard animators all say is is doing things with with um, 2D. You know, you have a lot more flexibility, and you can do a lot more things, not just with expression, but with uh, uh, action animation. But when you put that into CG, you have to add the extra dimension. And they did a great job of adding fluidity and adding realism to the moves. Like they did things that could have happened under these circumstances if these people existed in real life um, and, and they had that kind of training. So I, I find it, I, I think that they, they adding that level of detail, it was clear they consulted with someone who's an action expert. And I, I appreciate that. I personally found it made it a richer action scene. Okay. I agree. I, I think that fight was really well done. Probably the best fight so far. Now, I, I so, mean, maybe I'll so call one level fight... of BS on my end, and I just feel like <laughs> how how he walked away from that point blank explosion with like barely any scratching on him. Like, I, I, I... pretty sure he's a that's replicant. a good level of calling BS. And and I I love you, Colt, but you hate this series, so no 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 no. no, no. 
I have no active interest in this series. Well, no, no, no. I will admit, when it first came out, my biggest problem was, who's the audience? Because, again, this is a show... Me, I'm the audience. I, I like I'm, it. I'm, 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 I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm the audience. <laughs> I just feel like it's a show by Blade Runner fans for Blade Runner fans. That's, like, to me, the best way that I could say it at this point. Because even as I'm watching this, I'm just kind of like, okay. I mean, it's not bad, but I feel like without knowing Blade Runner, you're kind of just like, okay, looks cool. That's me. I I think it's plenty approachable for people who are not familiar with Blade Runner, but you still have to like hard-boiled, slow-paced sci-fi, which that is what this is. Yeah. Aside yep. from the occasional really nicely done fight, <laughs> it's like it's 80s noir sci-fi. <laughs> it's like we spend whole episodes just talking, and then you get a fight every now and then, and then a lot of people die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That is the show so far. <laughs> that that's basically the show so far. I mean, I, I just felt like I should at least you know state my view of it all. That, that, that that's all I was just making a point. Which is like, I mean, I'm the person coming into this as the guy who's never watched Blade Runner before. So my opinion on it is, I mean, yeah, sure, it it's there. <laughs> it's it's. Well, what it, about Paul? Paul. Paul's still here. Okay. Paul, what, Paul what hasn't actually seen these episodes, but what, what oh. did you think of uh, the first four? I'm very impressed by the CGI. I Thank was you. okay. That's I fun. was I was very like I don't know. I think I had a thought coming into it that it was just going to be like not as good. I think Cecilia had said something about um. What did she say? She said something about like the studio didn't doesn't usually animate really well or something like that. And I'm just like, oh, God, this is not going to turn out well. <laughs> so I, I kind of came in she thinking that okay. CGI is not her favorite, but she's also very open minded. Yeah. So I was kind of coming in like, I don't know if this is going to be good, but I, I really like the animation in this. I, I think it's really good. I think they could have done a better job matching the voices to the characters a little bit better. Um, but in some cases, yeah, in some cases, like it's kind of like uh, you, you could have done this a little bit better. But um, I mean, the voice cast seems good. I, I the storyline seems to be progressing pretty well, and I'm just like. Okay, this should be interesting to see. And, you know, I got to say this again, like, I find it very interesting that, you know, a lot of the shows, and obviously anime is like this, that's usually the male that's in, that's the lead character and blah, blah, blah. We could get into that whole thing, be talking about this 50 different times and be here another hour and, you know, whatever. But... Um, it's nice to see some female led, uh, series. I mean, Fenno did it, obviously we have Blade Runner doing it. So, I mean, this is, this is a welcome change, honestly. So I just wish it would have been something more than a basic revenge plot. I, I gotta give it to a revenge plot though. There's a lot to be said for what revenge does for storytelling True, because it puts into question what, is reasonable and what's a proportional and reasonable response for human beings. 
And if you take that a step further, so if we as humans have the response for taking revenge, then if we're saying replicants aren't humans, why on earth would they have a need for revenge? But here you have a replicant needing to take revenge, which challenges these people notion these people's notions of what is human and what isn't. And and honestly, what it, it, this this part might go into a little bit of Blade Runner uh, mythology, but you know, they base that off of people being able to feel empathy. And that is, that's the whole, um, the comp, I can't remember the, the, the test that, um, the test the test that, that they give that, that Joseph gives L is about testing for empathy, except that she's already demonstrated her ability to have empathy because she watched her fellow, I mean, we'll call them replicants, but they, they could have been anybody. She watched them die. She felt something. She felt sadness and she felt anger and she felt a need to respond to that and meet out justice. If that's not human, I don't know what is. And so, you know, revenge is just such a fascinating element for any series to explore because it makes us think about what do we see as reasonable? Would we do this in this situation? Is this okay? And is this not okay? And revenge is one of those things that no matter who you are, whether you agree or you don't agree, you're going to have a response to that. You're going to, you're going to have a response to people wanting to take revenge no matter what. So it elicits a very human response for very human action. And, Mm -hmm. and then it goes back to the whole thing where they're questioning Elle's humanity the the uh, uh, uh police officer who's a dick and his wife um you know sheer her 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 she she's trying to pull the whole like are your memories really your own but even if they're not even if they're not her own we don't know that but it doesn't matter her response is her own her actions are her own and doesn't mm-hmm. that make her human and and yes. then you know you go to the part where you see people hunting down beings like i i want to say well would you do that to an animal would you be hunting an animal that way would that be okay and if oh, it's they not would. It, but that's the thing like like you have to question all the animals every are element. extinct <laughs> that's why exactly. they're not exactly and you have to question every element of this and what makes humans humans so i find myself really drawn to l and her revenge and her her spot and the question she asks herself at the very end of the sixth episode is you know whether or not she why why she feels what she feels like um uh, with the revenge she's saying if her emotions are not real would it hurt less revenge hurt but that's the point. Doesn't that make her more? She's feeling what I think anybody would feel. It's supposed to hurt because, because revenge can have a certain amount of satisfaction and it also has a certain amount of hollowness. And she feels that it's brilliant. And I love that this is, that that is explored. You're, you're exploring what makes revenge interesting. And now you're exploring whether or not it's going to be satisfactory for someone who's told you don't have empathy. So you're not human. It, it, it's just, it's so fascinating to me. And I love seeing this from a different perspective because in the, you know, whether or not you watch the original Blade Runner, that's from the perspective of human Deckard is supposed to be experiencing all these things as a human, but now we're seeing what would a replicant see? And they play it out in a very legitimate sense. 
I, so I think the one thing that obviously I haven't seen episode five and six yet, but the one thing that gets me and I keep thinking about it is that it seems like, and again, because I, 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 I haven't seen Blade Runner in so long that it, it, it's kind of eluding me, but it, it makes it seem like she was programmed this whole time to be able to defend herself. Mm-hmm. And, and there's it's, probably it, a reason for that. And I'm correct. sure that it goes back to the person who implanted the memories into her. And it's going to be interesting to see where that leads because obviously what she's seen so far are her memories of, you know, her getting hunted down and, you know, everything happened to all those people as well. But Mm -hmm. then you always have, but then you, you have that one scene where she's getting the tattoo and you go, okay, what does that, what does that mean? What's well, what's real? That's yeah, what's the real thinking. What are, well, what if her memories are real and what are implanted, but does it matter, Paul? Does it, does it even matter if they are implanted? Then how is that different from anybody else? Because well, look, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to try to like guess where this is going, but I mean, <laughs> it, it, it just, it, it, something just screams to me that, I mean, I know you something... can fake video, but the fact that they have a video of this event, proves at least that much actually happened right but then you you see like this memory this other memory is what i'm more like kind of like okay yeah well based on the fact that she woke up in a room that looked very much like that one only it was destitute i would say that was on the back of the truck that in the first episode well no i mean when when she wakes up in the doll hunt She's in that one room. Yeah. Like when that gave the impression to me that that was before the blackout. And then when she wakes up after the blackout. And it makes me think it almost makes me think that the person that programmed her and I don't want to use the word clone, but it almost makes me think that she's kind of a clone. Um, something happened to the real person whatever her name is, whether it be L or not, whatever. And L was made in her image and it, was given these skills to defend herself. And it makes me think, okay, something really bad happened to where this replicant uh, was given this stuff to do this. I don't, uh, I don't think L's based on anybody. Could be, but could be. I, I mean, mean the way that memories for replicants work, they they're made. the The memories are created by somebody, like we see in the movie Twenty Forty Nine. Somebody made the memory and implanted it into a replicant. Now, it's possible that the memory that she has about getting the tattoo actually happened, or it might just be implanted in her. Yep. We don't know. I'm leaning towards if it did happen, it must have happened quite some time before she got to where she was, or it's just implanted. Either way, I believe whoever she uh, she was with, and we're pretty sure it's Wallace Jr., 
has a reason why she is able to fight back and may have intentionally kind of put her on a path to kill all these people for whatever reason. Who knows? Seems like the kind of guy that would do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just giving an, uh, like putting an idea out there because it just, to me, there seems to be more to this than just, okay, oh. somebody gave her memories. Oh, by the way, we're going to give her the, the, the means to just for no reason, attack people that are trying to attack her. Like, mm, I think there's well, a little bit more to that. It's definitely neo-noir. So there's definitely going to be a plot twist. Uh, yeah. I, I expect one. I'd be, I'd be a little, there is definitely her. a reason why she's different. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. But in the end, I, I think, I think what, what's been accomplished here is the question that the people were asking her to begin with, you know, what are you, you know, are you even human? And quite frankly, what are you even human? You went out with your friends and we're like hunting down, you know, beings that were, were screaming. I mean, it, when you create a, a series of thinking and, and even if it was replicating feeling, uh, creatures, at what point is that a race? At what point have you created a race? And at what point are you responsible for incorporating them and caring for them into your ecosystem? And it, and then the, the blatant hunting of them, you know, like they're nothing. That what what does that mean about you? What what does that mean about your representation of being human? And how can you claim to be superior by saying you have empathy when you demonstrated you haven't? That's all. Yeah. That's what I'm getting from this. I and think that that she is she's showing herself not just superior physically but emotionally because she experienced pain. She experienced loss, and that's what makes her her revenge real and important. And yes, there's very little dialogue in the series because that's typical of what of what this is trying to. That's kind of a. Um, a legacy of Blade Runner and, and 80s film noir in general. So there's very little dialogue. So you're kind of having to infer a lot of this from watching and feeling and seeing the the action and everything. But but I think you can get that sense pretty strongly. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, at, at what point at what point are we just are we just going to say that she is human anyways? Because I mean, I could be they, a twist. they're bleeding. They bleed. They well, feel pain. Right, but you understand what I'm saying. They they bleed, they feel pain. She they has feel, empathy. But they feel. are more than humans. Right. So but but you would get what I'm saying, like they just can't reproduce. And outside Joseph, of a special circumstance. Well then then Joseph, you know, whatever he might be, he's he's the most mysterious and interesting character out of all this because he he at first, I don't know if he lied to her when he said she wasn't a replicant, but I, I thought she, I thought he might've been lying. And then he says she is, and then he doesn't react. And she's like, I'm going to kill these people. And he's like, okay. And she's like, I need your help. And he's like, okay. And then he, he knows another blade runner. And it's like, who is this dude, Joseph? What now, is his he deal? He certainly I has been know. reluctant to help L. <laughs> he's like, he, you shouldn't do this. <laughs> But he's not really actively trying to stop her, so... No, he's probably got some kind of chip on his shoulder, too. 
Exactly. He's interesting. I'm, I want to see more about Joseph too. Like what's his deal? I can't, I, I, I mean, I, I've already said what a fangirl I am of William well, Lee, but I really want to see more of this. Here, character. Here's, here's the question though. Like, was he, was I, this is kind of hard to say, but was he, was he not lying, but Basically, she's like a different replicant, pretty much. You know what I mean? Like, or she, you, you think she's like an, a new species of replicant that can do things that others haven't? Right. Because let's mm-hmm. just say, like, the machine. Let's say the machine worked correctly, and she did. She didn't like have anything. Like nothing she came up. I think he's already admitted that he understands that she's a replicant, but uh, initially he didn't want. It's kind of like. Why would you want to know? <laughs> Aren't you happier not knowing? <laughs> right. So I, th- I think that's the angle he was going from. But it's also possible that he just didn't know for certain based on the I, test. My gut told me he knew. I was watching him give that test out and I was like, he must. Yeah, it's just kind of. His questions the half-assed. He didn't even, yeah, he didn't even like push. He didn't probe or push. Like I felt like he knew, but he just didn't care. Yeah, he just wanted to give her a. He he wanted to give her a placebo. That's all he was trying to do. It, it could be, but I mean, it's it's very weird that he just didn't wasn't just like, yeah, you are. I mean, but there wasn't really anything that indicated that she was either. So it's like, huh. Is there something different about this one? That's that's kind of where I'm at right now. It's like, is, is there something different than what a typical... There's definitely something different about her, because she yeah. can kill people. <laughs> she can kick a lot of ass. She does so elegantly, too. I love it. Yeah. She, uh, I, I just, she's I programmed real good. Plot. I love the revenge plot. It's um, It's juicy. And this one... This one particularly, like, you don't even have to know too deep and too too much or too deeply about what what went on. You just saw the video and you're like, oh, these mm. fuckers have to die. You oh. know? <laughs> it's just so disturbing oh, that no. they that they gave these replicants just enough of a memory for them to care about living. Yeah. Because I suppose if they didn't have that, then they might not really care about living. Then yeah. why not replicate be... animals and give them a savage disposition and then do proper hunting? Yeah. Why have it be people? Practical use and that monetary speaks, value? Uh, that speaks more to the, the, the humans who started this endeavor. And it, it was kind of clear from the way Grant reacted to trying to cover everything up that they weren't supposed to be doing that anyway. No, it's illegal to make replicants. Well, they were, I don't even know if they were making them, but they certainly weren't supposed to be hunting them for fun. It well, somebody clear. made them for that purpose. Possibly make- that Dr. M. I wasn't, I wasn't sure from that cutscene that he was making them for that purpose. I wasn't, it's a possibility, but I wasn't sure if that's what that was, if that's the truth. I don't know. You, you could be right, but it just, yeah. it just occurred to me. It may, may not I'm, be. I'm not saying that Grant or even Sanders or Bannister were necessarily doing that, but I think somebody 
made them for that purpose. And, and, and here's the other thought. If some, if Grant, if Grant can step over the line for that, what other lines are he is he has he been crossing? And it kind of makes corrupt cops. Exactly. So like you just you just don't want to trust him anyway. And it makes you think, well, if you think that line's okay to cross, then you're probably doing a lot of other line crossing anyway, and you're a bad guy. But he's trying to negotiate with L. He's like, hey, hey, you know, I just don't want anybody else to get hurt. And then on a yeah. dime, he's like, You're not even a person. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be like, friends with you. You're not even real. Um, you're kind of ruining your negotiation factor here, dude. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. Everyone's a piece of shit. Uh, just how much one of last thought is that. Uh, yeah. Well, that was an accident. I was going to so say, like, he just got stabbed in the gut. <laughs> like that's, you know, that's why you uh, be more careful with your firearms. Exactly. Chief. But uh, one last thought. Because I believe Marlo uh, took Officer Davis, who was knocked out after the explosion. So I do wonder what's going to happen there. Takes her back to precinct, patches her up, and then says, stop following me, which she immediately ignores because she wants to know more about what's going on. Oh, I thought that probably. Blade Runners had a directive to collect certain replicants, but Marlo, like... I get the impression he's just there. If he sees one, he's going to take it out. Like no, I, I didn't, he's, he's I don't really understand his jobs. Back. He's given jobs. It, it, yeah. It feels more like, like he's more of a bounty hunter situation where okay. it's like, th- this one's causing okay. trouble. Take it out. I, I captain bang. Okay. Yeah. Then because it makes sense. What, why the first one we see him kill is that one from the fighting ring. Cause I think he won the fight and he's trying to make money. That makes sense. Yeah. I thought I it was because he lost, and then they were like, okay, he's no longer useful, go kill him, but who knows. Or did he lose? Oh, well, it doesn't matter. But this makes sense. So so he's just a, a corrupt asshole like everybody else. They're really pushing the noir aspect of this, aren't they? Like, all of the human beings are pieces of shit. <laughs> except for except for the guy who runs the, like, the junk shop. Welcome he's to humanity. Like, Everyone's an asshole. He's just trying to make a uh, living. I, I think Officer Davis is alright. She is. And well, she- yeah, Marlo, Marlo, there might be more to Marlo. Marlo just seems like the guy where it's like, I'm too old for this shit, but it pays well. I think the bounty hunter thing makes sense to me. If Marlo's a bounty hunter type, then that 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 rings true to me. And he's a blade runner. He's supposed to to kill any replicants that. Yeah. No, that, well, technically, Blade Runners do things, you know, they, they do it for money uh, with certain orders, you know, like if we remember Deckard, and, and even in the original They book, usually work for the cops. Yeah, like Deckard just did it so he could get money to buy a real live animal for his depressed wife, you know, and in the, in the book, in the, in the book, that is, and in the movie, um, Deckard is a little bit more like world weary and war torn and he's just struggling to find a reason to even do his job anymore which makes him interesting character yeah. there too i think we've mined this topic enough it's it's been an interesting conversation though so that's episodes five and six and uh, episode seven airs this upcoming saturday before the animatrix and then you get a 
break for Christmas, though. I mean, not entirely. You don't you don't get a new episode, but no, you no, you can watch all the episodes uh, ad nauseum all, all, if you to. All <laughs> seven episodes, in case you missed any. Wait till New <laughs> Year's Day, and then I'll watch Yashihime and hope that they don't fuck it up this time. In the I'm, unlikely event you missed an episode, you can watch it again. <laughs> I am, I am not watching on Christmas night. Uh, I'll, I'll probably watch Tokyo Godfathers. <laughs> this is a great movie by the late Keiko Nobumoto and the late Satoshi Kon. Respect. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't believe both of them have passed. That's. Mm. I, I did. I did mention uh, to Jason is like I would appreciate a little uh, ribbing at you know that bebop <laughs> from Tom, but perhaps nah. more respectfully a tribute to Keiko Nomamoto, the sc- screenwriter for Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, original. Maybe that, we'll get that, that. That would be nice. Yeah. But come Maybe. on now, Tom. Tom ribbon on Netflix would be totally classic Tom. <laughs> Maybe may not be the real thing, but it's still the classic. show the never dies. We just keep resurrecting it in order to whore it out once more time. Like in Tom vernacular. Yeah. So, it's uh, it's been a podcast. Uh, Paul, oh, yeah. you want to do the thing? The thing? Yeah. You want me to play us out? Okay, let me get some music. Um, <laughs> Where's the row when you need him? <laughs> Yeah, it's about that time my cat is like near my computer looking at me like, okay, time to pay attention to me now, bitch. Um, (laughs) So that's usually my sign of, yes, you've been podcasting way too long. Um, (laughs) So let's see. So pretty much we are on every single podcast app out there. Um, At this point, if, if you haven't found us, I would be very surprised because that's how many apps this podcast is literally on. Um. But basically, um, some of the new ones, um, Facebook is actually turned into, I guess, a podcasting app because now when you go to our page, every time that an episode is posted, it is posted on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Tsunami Faithful Podcast. So if you want to listen to our podcast on Facebook, you can do that now. Um, I'm trying to think what else was new i think we amazon music was one that we were added to um if you do listen to podcasts there you can listen to us there as well um but we're all we're on the main ones we're on apple music or apple podcasts i should say um we're on stitcher we're on spotify and of course we're on soundcloud which you can find every single episode there at soundcloud.com slash tsunami faithful podcast um, you can listen from episode one all the way through to this episode. So please do follow us there and you can hear the podcast there first once we post an episode, which I don't know if you've noticed sketch, but I believe some of these apps have actually been keeping every single episode that we post. And I think that that's for all podcasts, not just ours, but you know, it's, it's, I don't know if you've noticed that, but I think that's what's happening with these podcast apps now. It's very weird. Because they weren't doing that before. So, um, I did say that you could find us on Facebook. There's also, you can find us on Twitter at Toonami Podcast. Uh, you can follow us there. Um, 
You can also hear us on our website, podcast.tunamifaithful.com. It's an easier way for you to kind of basically get all of our interviews. If you want to listen to all the voice actors that we've done audio recordings with over the over the years and um, just listen to them that way and kind of split it up. Um, pretty much every single episode is there. So that's where you can find us as well. And of course we have different ways that you can help us out. Um, Patreon.com slash tsunami faithful is the main spot where you can donate to us monthly. Uh, CJ has been putting up interviews every single month. So you can, and some other content is there as well. So you can get all of our content there. Uh, just by donating and i believe we still have the three dollar one up so just as little as three dollars and you get all of our content this time so um patreon.com slash tsunami faithful and of course if you use our right stuff link that is on our uh main website you can uh just by buying anime like sketch does on a very large basis most of the time um, I just bought Gurren Lagann for a hundred something dollars. Jesus. Oh my Lord. I just got Jesus. the last Shintenshi Moyo books I needed. So basically if you buy something, we get a part of that by using our link. So please do do that. And it does help. And it's a free way to do it basically. So let's see. Colt, where can we find you? Start with Kuro. And okay. Uh, you can find me at a, uh, Twitch.tv slash LifeVirus. For those of you who were here for the live stream, I really do appreciate it. Uh, again, I normally don't do Mondays. I should do more days of the week. Uh, anxiety and trying to find a job are oppressively abound. Um, beyond that, Twitch or Twitter is at AmbientVirus and so on and so forth. And Colt, you were very tame today. I'm very proud of you. Well, again, I mean, the Food Wars conversation was the main part. And then once we kind of went into Blade Runner, I was like, I really don't have a whole lot to say on this, so I'll just kind of fade into the background and let Kuro talk. <laughs> and because I like Kuro more than Colt, Kuro, where can they find you? Makes sense. <laughs> oh, I see. It's in pecking order this time. Mm-hmm. It is in pecking order. <laughs> it's Paul. What else would you expect? <laughs> exactly. All right. You can find me on the website. I write stuff. I record stuff. I do all of the little above when I have time, but I try to contribute when I can, or you can find me on Twitter at happy Kuro kitty. Moving on. Sketch. Where can they find you, sir? You can find me on Twitter at sketch 1984. And, uh, aside from my, uh, recent, uh, bemoaning of Toonami's schedule that I posted on tsunamifaithful.com, I also recently did a review for sword art online, the movie progressive aria of a scarred starless night what a title it was a good review, it was a good review. <laughs> thank you thank you uh the short version is i enjoyed it i gave it a seven out of ten which is pretty high for a sword art thing but i have some uh, reservations about some changes that they made to the source material hey paul they made changes to sao <laughs> Sweet. Wasn't that wasn't that something that you were like they should change some things in Sao? Well, they yes. did. Whether or not you think they're good, that's up to you. <laughs> I need to go watch that. But uh, read the yeah, books. it's uh, I I enjoyed it. It actually got me to because I wanted to do some proper research. I say as I push up my glasses. Uh, I read. Oh, that's the, I read about a third of the progressive novel. Ooh. To, to see how it compared, and also the manga. 
which is also a bit different. It's it's an interesting adaptation because they kind of piecemeal things from various sources. So that's interesting. But they also introduce an entirely new character, Mito, who is Asuna's gal pal from before she even enters the game. And that inclusion changes a lot. And whether or not you think it's a good inclusion, your mileage may vary. I didn't hate the character, but I could see uh, a lot of people. You just got to go in remembering that Progressive is a complete retelling of the Ironcrad stuff with more effluence to each floor. So don't yeah. like 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 this is basically kind of like Full Metal Alchemist to Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yes. And but <laughs> this isn't following the novel. This is a character that was made for this movie. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and that definitely changes some things for better or worse. So that's that's my caveat. But I, I had a good time. I saw it twice. I saw it uh, subtitled on IMAX, which kind of defeats the purpose of seeing it on IMAX. Not going to lie. <laughs> oh, this huge screen. I'm only looking at a tenth of the screen. Bottom. I mean, I could still take in a lot of the picture at the same time, but also the movie's not that well animated other than a few fight scenes. So it's like it's not even worth IMAX, except for the sound design. The sound design they did for IMAX is very good. It's it's got great sound effects, great audio mixing, very, very good across the board. And of course, I had to see the dub, so I saw it twice because who knows when I'll be able to watch it after it leaves theaters. Aniplex is a company of mystery. <laughs> well, they're they're owned by Sony, so it'll probably be up on Funimation now sooner than later. Like that's yeah, considering they put up the Demon Slayer movie, I exactly. I guess that's likely enough. Yeah. So Which is amazing. If, it was an amazing you, movie. So I think Demon Slayer movie. Demon Slayer movie. That's what I was talking about. It's uh it's it's pretty good. <laughs> the Probably. Demon Slayer movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Probably should let Paul, you know, close this out. I think his cat's getting uh... a. <laughs> yeah, no, she's yeah. gone now. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, you're, you're good now. But yeah, if you want to read my full review, that is on tsunamifaithful.com. As of now, read his review. You do want to read his review. I uh, yeah. Once again, I stayed up late writing something, and I was like, "CJ, look over it." I wrote this late at night. <laughs> Make sure I didn't I didn't screw up. Now he didn't have too many notes on this one, which He's uh, a great editor. Yeah, he's That'll... a he's a very good editor. He definitely catches things that I just do not. Same. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he understands your voice as a writer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he doesn't try to change it. Nope. Though sometimes he does try to get me to calm down. Well, yeah, I was gonna say like yeah, he he, he tries yeah, to make you no like a little stuff. less like angry about it at points. I'm just like okay, fine, but I feel like you ruined the tone of intent. But okay, uh, but then again, I don't I write that many have articles. That problem. DJ loves my writing. Booyah. <laughs> we can edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we're almost done anyways. No, that's too so, much yeah. work. So, please do read read both. Um, the winter of our discontent, which uh, is still true yes. <laughs> as of most recent schedule updates, and also my review of the recent SAO movie. 
And Paul, where can they find you? Uh, well, you can hopefully I'll, I'll be able to sleep, but um, <laughs> in bed. you can find in me. Bye, Paul, in bed. <laughs> oh, Paul will be going to bed because he has a he has a six month old. Oh my God, he's six months already. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm nice. Yes, it does. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Paul Pascrillo. You can email me, which people from other podcasts have not been shy in, in doing. Uh, Paul Pascrillo at ToonamiFaithful.com. And, uh, you know, you can find me on another called another podcast called Two Strangers, One Podcast. And, yeah, I mean, that's about it. Um, real quick, uh yeah, it's been an interesting year, and I appreciate all the love and all the outpouring of, you know, well wishes and everything. I'm doing okay. I'm not. I'm not dying over here or anything. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. <laughs> Twenty twenty one has not been a very good year, so um, I appreciate all of you, and I just want to say thank you for reaching out and being there even though it was even if it's just a comment and it it is very well appreciated and what's the word i'm looking for well it's very much appreciated and i thank all of you for doing that so anyways but that is it for this week's tsunami faithful podcast um thank you for listening each and every week and we sure do appreciate if you've been here since the beginning and if you're a new listener Please go listen to our other episodes. And yes, there are different people, (laughs) but it is what it is. Thank you guys for listening as always, but that's it for this episode. Peace. We're out.